And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's wild and wonderful. What's going to happen? We have no idea. Let's sit back and enjoy the ride. Can I get a Wowser Bowser Wednesday? Because God is in charge of this crazy bus called The Christian Journey. First, we are not the world. Remember that song? We are the world. Remember that? Okay, well, I didn't sing that very good. That's not the point. Uh, we are not the world. We are the kingdom. That's how they should do this up. We are the kingdom. Okay. Uh, and we are called to represent Jesus to the world collectively. So when we allow the enemy to rob us of the unity uh-oh, that is already established for us, having the same dad, our heavenly father, a blood relationship, the Lord Jesus Christ, and our living water, the Holy Spirit. When we allow the enemy to rob us of that unity, we fall more into the realm of the flesh. Denominations, Bible versions, and styles of ecclesiology mean little when we enter into eternity's doors. Next, so again, we must understand that the two summations of the commandments with the additional of a new commandment from Jesus, love one another, are a part of our testimony to the world. How is that a testimony? It testifies to the love of God because we use, oh, this will just blow your mind, the same love to love one another that God used to love Jesus and us. What? That empowerment is from the triune God. That is how we do it. That's how we show it. And that's the key that impacts others. Finally, from a practical point of view, how we love is simpler than we want to acknowledge. It's all in the wrist. <laughs> Jesus' wrist. He carried, get it, carried our burdens and debts by his wrists. And that is what is required of you and me, to carry one another. So we examine practical thoughts on how to carry one another, and thereby honor the Lord. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing politics, entertainment, and current events, personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanities, and oeve, so much more. How much more? So much more. How much more, Cam Chris? So much. <laughs> that was really good. Uh, we're asking you, folks, what do you think? You can email us, David. David at he must increase.org. That was hilarious. Uh, David at he must increase.org. You can text us 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us at 972-445-0770. When you do call, there will be no shocks that you will receive. You won't get the uh, like kind of buzzer. But you can call 972-445-0770. You'll be talking to Captain Chris, and then you will be... 
All right, keep in mind, it's uh, any topic's open for conversation because it's not professional radio. It never has been professional radio. And at this pace, it never will be professional radio. You might have a thought. You might have a question. You might have a comment. It's not a kvetch fest. There's many a shows for that, for you to utilize that. We don't discourage that. We just don't do that as much here. What we do is we think of Hebrews 3.13 and Hebrews 10.25. We think, man, we need to encourage one another daily as we see, Hebrews 10.25, the day of the Lord's return getting closer. That's what we do. We fellowship. It's not your church. It's a fellowship. I'm not your pastor. I'm your brother in the Lord. You might think, well, I don't like you. It's like, see, proves it's a family right there. <laughs> see, see, brothers, you get that, get that. Uh, bottom line is we want you to be able to engage. We want you to be able to be encouraged. We want to be encouraged by you. It's not just one way. This is the other. I, I can't do all this stuff by myself. I can't do any of this stuff by myself, I should say. Uh, most everything that goes good really comes because God's gracious. Everything else is just, you know, that was lucky. That was lucky. All right, here you go. How many daughters-in-law? <laughs> this is a weird way to ask this question. How many daughters-in-law went onto the ark? How many daughters-in-law went onto the ark? Kind of a, just a weird way to ask that question, but it is there. What are you going to do? You can't do anything about it. Uh, if you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. And then you can also send an email, david at he must org. I know there's something I was supposed to tell you. Let's see. We already talked about that. Don't forget, if you ever call the phone number and it has a really weird robo-blocker, the reason is because I get all these bizarre calls from all these very unique people, and so we have to screen those. So just get through to you. Get to the message. Don't be uh, freaked out by that. Uh, oh, bumper stickers and business cards. So yesterday we talked about bumper stickers. We had some people say we want bumper stickers. So I've, I've got the bumper stickers here. I've got about 15 bumper stickers. I was pretty happy about that. Uh, so if you want a bumper sticker and or a, some business cards they're just cards that talk about the show it's not really anything good but if you want them we'll be glad to send them you just have to give me a little bit of time to get the envelopes for the bumper stickers because i did discover that bumper sticker envelopes are a rarity that's what i have learned they don't just say bumper sticker envelopes but they do say 15 times the size of a bumper sticker envelope just spend ten dollars and we'll get it's just like what what Got that? Okay. Somebody ready to answer the question? Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Uh, this is Bobby. Hi, Bobby. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I think there was only $3 in law. Uh, at the time, Noah only had uh, three sons, and I think they were all married when they got on the uh, ark. That is correct, sir! You are right. There were three daughter-in-laws. There was one mom. There was Noah's wife, obviously. And then, so there's four women, four guys, and then lots of animals. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I thought. <laughs> Good job, bro. Excellent. All right, well, God bless you. You have a great show. Thank you. All right, God bless you, too. Bye-bye. All right. See, we even got through that, even though we had the radio up, right? Yeah. See, we can tell when you guys have your radio up. Because it goes like this. Hello, 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 hello. I want to, want to, want to, want to. Okay. 
I'm in a good mood. I think that's good. All right, here we go. Acts. Chapter, is there anything else we got to cover? Hope not. Acts chapter 1. Okay? Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Okay? In two sections. In two sections? Yeah. Acts chapter 1, verse 8a. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. What are you going to get when the Holy Spirit comes on you? Power. Oh, man. Power so we can, like, fuse together different metals? No. You will receive... <laughs> Chris goes, darn! Okay, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That's the first part of the verse. What's the next part of the verse? And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Jerusalem is the most... Uh, close place. Judea is the next big circle. The big circle after that's going to be Samaria. Then the final circle is going to be all the earth. So super close all the way to super out is the idea. But what is it that you receive power for? To be his witnesses. You don't receive power because you're super special and everybody thinks that you deserve a trophy. You don't receive power because you think that you are a supernatural dude or dudette, and uh, because of that, you get to uh, uh, have a toy like the power of God. No, 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 no. You receive power from the Lord to be a witness. Where are you supposed to be a witness? Well, see right there. Jerusalem, which is home base, all the way to the ends of the earth and everywhere in between. So where ought you and I to be a witness? Here there, and everywhere. How do you be a witness? You have to really know the four points on the Romans road. Boy, how did anybody ever get saved before they had the track Romans road? Oh, people were just told about Jesus. That's how. And you're thinking, well, you got to go through this certain process here. It's like, really? I had somebody just tell me, I said, yes, worked for me 43 years ago. That's That just shows you that people don't have confidence in the Holy Spirit to do what needs to be done, either to bring repentance or to bring baptism as an active action that shows the faith or to have somebody really call out to the Lord, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So there's the calling part and the saving part, kind of together. It's just really not as complex as we're making it. The Holy Spirit comes upon us for the purpose of witnessing of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit isn't around to make your ministry, my ministry, or anybody else's ministry fantastic. The Holy Spirit is in us and upon us to help us look like Jesus on the inside and function in ministry in the name of Jesus on the outside. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit to glorify Jesus Christ. That's step one. Wait till we get to step two. Yay! You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere.
Are you sitting there at home on your computer? Are you driving along in your car just listening to the radio? Is that app for this station working for you? Don't you wish you could reach people for your business? Introducing the commercial whammy. It slices, it dices, it cleans up dirty spots, lickety split, and makes julienne fries. And right now, for a tremendous discount, you can have a commercial whammy too. All you need to do is call KAAM or send an email to davidspoonmedia at gmail.com and BAM! You have your own commercial whammy before you know it. Call now and you can get a second commercial whammy for half the price. That's right. Call now for your very own commercial whammy. 972-445-1700 or email davidspoonmedia at gmail.com. Don't delay. Call today. Operators are standing by. What is the David Spoon experience? So the situation uh, for the woman turned out to be fine. But remember, he's there with Jairus, and Jairus' daughter is dying. Uh, verse 35, while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, and said, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. This is a situation for Jairus that went from worse to the worst. All right, you know how we said it can go from bad to worse? We were talking about that. Well, it can go from bad to worse to the worst. And this is the worst. The guy's daughter died. Oh, she wasn't just really sick. She died dead. And they even said to her, "What? there's no point in talking to this guy anymore. This is over. Situation done. And that's how a lot of us process situation done. But then Jesus does what Jesus does because he's so amazing. He overheard what they said to him. They didn't say it to Jesus. They said it to the guy. They said it to, to Jairus. Right? And they said to him, why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus said to, to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe. So there are three things that you just you can't miss this. Number one, Jesus is telling the guy whose daughter just died, ignore them. It's like, can you imagine? Okay. Uh, the doctor just pronounced her dead. Yeah, ignore that guy. <laughs> what? He's the doctor. Ignore that guy. That's just like the blind man who are like people are telling him, be quiet, stop it, stop it, and he shouts out all the more. It's at some point you just got to ignore any external noise that hasn't been sanctioned by God and just go, yeah, I'm not paying attention to that. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Now, we're about to uh, do our trivia question, but to do our, our joke. But in our next segment that we're going to be teaching on, we're going to be talking about loving one another. Part of that is engaging with one another. Kirk, one of our faithful listeners, they have a big bug going on in their house. So everybody's sick and so sore. So let's take a moment and pray for them because that's always a bummer, right? So we want to join them in that and, and, and ask God to give them relief. Father, we come before you right now. Nothing fancy, nothing special, Lord. We just ask you to bring relief 
to Kirk and his family that the sicknesses could just dissipate, that they would feel better, refreshed, strengthened in you, and that they would have a resurgence of energy and a resurgence of health for all of them, all of them that are affected. Please touch and heal their family, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, that's part of our process. That's number one. Number two, here's your next trivia question. You should know this because it's in one of our fills. It's in one of the things that we fill, which, by the way, I did hear a a newer fill, just to let you know. Uh, Who was King Saul's lame grandson? Who was King Saul's lame grandson? There's a kind of a little hint there for you. If you think you know the answer, you can uh, call us, 972-445-0770. Julian and Cordelia gave him a nickname. That's pretty funny. Uh, you can also text in 214-210-8483. And then as well, you can send an email, david, at he must increase. Dot org. That is the way to get in touch with us. Uh, nothing uh, unique there. We have a short, simple uh, joke. I do want to let you know, we, I did a little bit of a review. So we've done over 2,000 jokes in Texas. <laughs> so, And then there was 3,400, 500. So we've done about 6,500 Christian or close to clean, everything except for the cat jokes. <laughs> <laughs> over the last like 10 years what do you think that's pretty good how many of those were good jokes though you know that expression tithe which means 10 percent <laughs> that's that's about where that's about where we're landing right there one out of 10 but you know hey all right, all right here you go here's another one i think it's cute should be our last second to last christmas joke for a while A father took his son, Billy, to the Penny's Mall. I guess that's J.C. Penny's Mall to see Santa. They stood in line for a while. And finally, the boy was able to meet Santa and sit on his lap. What would you like for Christmas, Billy? Asked Santa. An Xbox and a Hobbit game, Billy said. Okay, we'll see what we can do about that, said Santa with a big smile. Later on that day, they also went to see Santa at the Sears Mall, okay? When Santa asked Billy what he wanted for Christmas, Billy said, an Xbox and a Hobbit game. Santa said, will you be a good boy and do what your daddy tells you? Billy turned to his dad and said, let's go back to the other Santa, Dad. Why, Billy asked his father, because I didn't have to make any deals with that one. (laughs) That's pretty good, right? It's not bad. Okay. I don't think it's a 10%er, but it's not the bottom 10% either. All right. uh, Trivia question that we have asked, who was King Saul's lame grandson? Now, see, you guys got to think. Now, do you know I'm, I'm pulling this out of you? If it's Saul's grandson, then you got to think about who his sons were. See, and then uh, see, extra- is it extrapolate something like that downward? Okay, reverse engineer it. That that they'll use that line. All right, let's get back into the text. If you can answer, by the way, nine seven two four four five zero seven seven zero. You can also text two one four two one zero eight four eight three or send an email. 
david at he must increase.org let me make sure the emails were all the way up okay good good idea all right no nope, so somebody is calling in so now you're gonna have to wait and then we'll get into this other portion of the text and i I really, this is really important material for us to grasp, but it's important for you to grasp why it's important material. All right, we ready to get this? All right, here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hello? This is David. Hello? Hi. I can't hear you except on the radio, but I'll go ahead and respond. The answer to the trivia question is Mephibosheth. That is correct. You are right. Excellent job. Excellent, excellent. It's Mephibosheth. Great, great work, and I appreciate that. Very good work. Since I can't hear you, I'm just going to hang up. Oh. Uh, uh, you're a blessing to me and everyone else. Thank you. God bless you. All right, that's great. See, now see, see how you that's now that's thinking. It's like, well, I can't really hear you. I can hear you through the radio. I'll just kind of interact that way. Good job. Excellent call. Very good work. Way to skip around whatever tech problems that were going on there. Very good. Mephibosheth. So he was Jonathan's son. And uh, see, I see. And then I just want to say to Joanne and Cordelia, uh, uh, they they gave him a name, Mephibi. First time I've ever heard that. <laughs> Mephibi. Okay. Just work through that. All right. Let's go back to this. We're talking about that we represent Jesus to the world. Acts chapter 1. I mean, it's not an escape or any kind of weird thing. You receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the first part of the verse, the second part of the verse. And you will be witnesses. So it's telling you why you're receiving power from the Holy Spirit. You'll be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. From home all the way onward. John 13, 34 through 35. Listen to what Jesus said because people misunderstand this. And I want you to get this, uh, I literally want you to get this at the uh, kind of the doctorate master's level. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. It is absolutely correct to say that Jesus gave the summation of the law as being love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbors you love yourself. That is correct. But the question was, what's the greatest law? And he gave the summation of all the laws, 613, 619, whatever your preference, doesn't matter. Here's the bottom line. Then Jesus added one. And you think, well, did he add one? Well, when Jesus says, a new command I give you, I'm just going to jump out there and go, yes, he added one. Love one another. So what we have is a loving God. All, all commands are centered around love. So there's nothing bizarre or weird about that. Loving God first, that's the first commandment. The first and the and in fact in the Ten Commandments, the first three are structured towards God, the fourth one is for yourself, and the bottom six are structured towards your neighbor. It's kind of a three one six breakdown. Uh, it's very important to understand the first three go to God. It's probably not a coincidence that there's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but you're done real. The fourth one's about you, and the, the resting, the rest is for you. It's not for God. He's not tired. And then the bottom six are how you deal with one another and how you engage in with your neighbor. So Jesus, keeping in that same spirit, says, look, love love the Lord your God, love, you know, love your neighbors, love yourself, but I'm asking you to go beyond and love one another in a special way that will give you an identity, an ability to understand that's even greater than before. And he says this in verse 35 to not justify it, but to explain it. 
Because by this, see, when, when you, you read in your Bible and it says something like, by this, he's explaining where we're heading. And he says, by this, everyone's going to know you're my disciples if you love one another. The love for the brethren exceeds the normal thought process of just saying, I'm going to be nice and let a person in. Okay, The love for the brethren is a willingness to sacrifice similar, if not the same, to God's willingness to sacrifice on our behalf. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever should believe should not perish but have eternal life or everlasting life. The idea is to understand that that love is a testimony. The key is you cannot love one another without God's help to love. That's why the Holy Spirit has to come on you. That's why you will be witnesses because of that love that's generated by the power of the Holy Spirit in your life through the redeeming work of Jesus Christ under the command of God the Father, and you love one another, and that's a display or a witness to the life of Jesus Christ. And it's just like, way, way, that's too easy. Way, way. And see what we do is we're like, no, it has to be this. No, that that it does not have to be this. This, this is where see, this is what I'm saying. In Acts chapter sixty-seven, verse thirty-seven, it doesn't say use the Roman road. There's there is nothing like that. There is no Romans road. It's not that the Romans road is bad. I've used it multiple times. It's just that's not the requirement. The Holy Spirit is the requirement to testify of Jesus, and that proof of that is that love that you have for one another. Keep in mind that this entire John 13 context is connected to 14, 15, 16, and 17, which is all about the outpouring of the Spirit and the Spirit carrying on the ministry of Jesus Christ on earth. It's like, wow. And what I want to talk about, we've talked about it before, and we'll talk about it again, is how... How do you do that? That sounds great, Dave. I love, we're supposed to really love one another. Just fantastic, buddy. Shake my hand. How? And how do you go about that? That's the ticket. That's what separates everything else. How you do that for one another. No denominational boundary. No, The unity is in the Father, in the Son, and in the Holy Spirit. That's the boundary. Got it? All right, when we come back, we'll look at that. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. 
or in Proverbs, where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? Now listen, I've done a lot of interviews, and every once in a while you do an interview with somebody who's legendary. And he doesn't even know why he's legendary. And when I tell him, he's going to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. The legendary Josh McDowell with us, co-authoring the book with his son, Sean, The Beauty of Intolerance, joins us live. Josh, are you there with us? It's sure better to join you live than dead. (laughs) I love it. The David Spoon Experience. The Christian faith is being attacked. 50 years ago, people would disagree with Christianity, but with a sense of respect. Those days are over. The rage, the flesh, the enemy, and the atmosphere of sin is growing and growing. Jesus said in Matthew 24, the love of many will grow cold. And if it's not the end now, it's certainly a lot closer than it was yesterday. You may be from a Baptist background. David Spoon has that. You may have a Pentecostal background. He has that too. You may have a non-denominational background. Yep, he's got that as well. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience on God Country, Texas, 770 KAAM. If Jesus Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMN 770, the truth station here in Texas. I hope you guys are having a good day. And if not, then turn this show off. Spend time praising God, and your day will turn out better. That's just the truth. I remember I did that once where I said, if you're not, you know, change channel, da-da-da, da-da-da. And uh, uh, the director, the program director came in and started yelling. (laughs) I don't think I was made for the... Listen, that's what I would do. I'd be like, God, let's talk. Anyway, here you go. Here's your trivia question. Not, not, Not that that's brilliant spiritual maturity. That's just what I would do. How many more sons? This is a challenging question. How many more sons did Job have after his time of testing had finished? Ooh. And for those that don't know, my strongest admonition is to read the last chapter of Job. See? See that? See see how that would? How many more sons did Job have after his time of testing had finished? So I am considering doing a teaching on the book of Job. There's, it's ironic because there's so much, so many good things. And I'm starting to have this small little breakdown where I, uh, I think we could teach on anything and, and have a good time doing it. And there's just so much to teach and so little time to do it. Uh, we were somebody ready to answer that question. It's an interesting question. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? 
Yes, sir. That's the wheel. How you doing today? Hope you're doing better. I am doing fantastic. I love your entrance. I love your 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 introduction. It's so good. <laughs> that you, I'm doing great. I hope you're doing better. Now, can you hear me? We were having some phone problems. Can you hear me at this time? Yeah, I, I hear you this time. Okay, good. All right, here we go. Now, this is post the problems, the trials, post uh, his rebuke from the Lord. After all that stuff took place for Job, how many more sons did he have after his time of testing was finished? He had seven more sons. That is correct, sir! Excellent! That is excellent. Did you know that right away? Yep. Okay, that means you... And when he gets to heaven, he has a total of 14, so it's still a double blessing. That you know what? What's great about that is it only means you've read the book. Because <laughs> only people who've read it would know that. It's like, yeah, no, he had seven more kids after. Like we did? Excellent job. Very, very good. I'm very impressed. That is really good work, sir. And a blessed day to you, sir. Okay. God bless you. Bye bye. All right, we got the phone worked out. That's good. That's good. Right, so he had seven sons, three daughters. He had seven sons and three daughters before. It's 14 boys. He's still have 20 kids when he gets up there. They don't have Christmas, but if he did, he wouldn't be getting any presents either. That's all it is. <laughs> okay, it's a joke. Relax. All right, good job on the trivia question there. Let's get into, before we get into the teaching, we have to do our history. Let me find my history piece of paper. What do you do with history? I don't even know where Oh, here it is. Okay, go ahead and play history. Let's go Everybody doing a very, very good job. By the way, every person that texted in also got it correct. That's really good. You guys are it's, you're, you're really on top of it. All right. Today is National Popcorn Day. And I I, I like popcorn. I think if you go to now we don't go to the movies as much as we used to. I mean, that's just the truth because it's easier not to just don't get mad. It's easier not to but we still do popcorn and we still do like the, the movies. The candy that comes from movies like Junior Mints and Twizzlers and chocolate, you know, covered almonds and stuff like that. But we do a lot of 3D stuff. We turn off all the lights, put the 3D glasses on, and we don't answer the phone. <laughs> uh, it's National Popcorn Day. I like it. Good Memory Day. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't even know how to respond to that. Good Memory Day as opposed to Bad Memory Day. Okay. National Tin Can Day. All right. Remember, did you ever play Kick the Can? When you were a kid? Never? No. <laughs> Don't talk to me. We Rip had real three. toys. <laughs> oh, I see. A can wasn't good enough for you, huh, Captain Grizz? A can was not good enough, huh? That was good for 10 kids in 12 hours. Uh, rid the world of fad diet day. I don't know what that means. Okay. Uh, 1953, Lucy Ricardo gave birth to Ricky on I Love Lucy. More people tuned in to watch that show than the inauguration of President Eisenhower. Okay, now reruns of Golden Girls gets more inform- gets more play than... <laughs> wow, just going to move on. Uh, 1986, first PC computer virus, the floppy disk boot sector virus brain is unleashed. It was originally intended to protect copyright software from privacy. It was written by uh, Pakistani brothers Beset Farooq. 
uh, Alvi and Amajad Farouk. The virus didn't destroy data, but it did slow down the floppy disk. Do you remember the floppy disk, the really big, big one, the five and a half or five and a quarter or whatever? Oh, yeah. that, that was terrible. That was awful. All right, let's go back to the let's go back to the material. You start talking about floppy disk, just like downhill it goes. All right. Let's just make sure I, I want to make sure I communicate this. If you get nothing else, this is the part you have to get. Okay? Even if you didn't like the joke, it's okay. We talked about being representatives of Jesus to the world. We are called to represent him. We are also called to love one another. We get that in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. We get that in John 13, 33 through th- or 34 through 35. Here is how you do that. Because I, I love your neighbor or, or love one another. How? How? Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Bear, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Burying each other's burdens is evidence that you love one another. Well, what does that mean? That means that somebody else's problem is who's in the kingdom is your problem. That's what it means. You think, well, wait. You're trying to tell me somebody that's stressing out about something? Yep. Somebody that's having a financial? Yep. Somebody's having a relational? Yep. Somebody's having problems with their car? Yep. Somebody's having problems at their church? Yep. Just keep going. There's not one thing you're going to use. Somebody's struggling with sin? Yep, yep, yep. Right? It's bearing each other's burdens. It's carrying each other's burdens. Bearing each other's burdens doesn't mean looking at a distance from somebody else who's struggling and go, oh, that's a bummer. That is not love. It is helping. And you're going to say to me, because I know you're going to say it to me, okay, but Dave, how can I help? I mean, this person's going through this. How do I carry their burden? How? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked me that question. Romans chapter 15, verse 30 through 32. I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Aha! How you join a struggle is you join it in prayer, engaging with God on behalf of your brother and sister, and thereby genuinely... And I'm not talking about the floating liturgical prayer that means nothing. Oh, Lord, help all those people who are needing help. That is not a prayer. That's a lot of empty air. Lord... Help Kirk and his family because they're sick and they need to be well. And their wellness would not just bless their family. It'd be a blessing to everybody else who knows them, myself included. We pray it in Jesus' name. That's bearing a burden. You carry it. You take it with you. You pray about it. You make it a part of you. That's what he's talking about. That's and you think, oh, but but it's so there's so many people. Start with one. <laughs> this is a really easy assignment. Start with one that ain't you. That's how you do it. And then you might even start with a family, or you might start with people you know in church. 
You might even start with your pastor, who probably goes through more spiritual warfare than you could dream of, right? It's like, start there. Bear each other's burdens. Be that person that cares. You think, well, my heart is so hard, or I've been burned so many times, or I'm just so sick of it all, I don't have a heart to do it. Awesome. Tell God. God. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit. Let my heart be soft enough that if you, if you prick it, it will bleed. So that I'm not so callous. If you're one of those people that's just like, I could care less, ask God to help you care. Right? That would be the way to go about it. And then, and so you put these two things together, you think, well, they sound overly simplistic. I don't think so. I think as soon as you understand that bearing each other's burdens is a proclamation into the kingdom of God, and that by joining them in prayer, and by the way, when you join them in prayer, you're bringing God into your life and their life in combination. So there's no excuses then. There's no none of that ridiculous. You're in there with God on their behalf, for them, and now it's kind of like you're in it. And don't just pray once and then never follow up. I <clears throat> I told this to Rob. I tell this to my daughter. I tell this to a lot of people. It, dry, it, does, it does irritate me. I have many things that irritate me. It's just true. Uh, but when they ask for prayer requests and then you pray and then you never hear the follow-up. I just think that's like, you know what? Follow up. Tell people how it's going. It's going good. It's going bad. It's not different. It's this. It's that. Whatever. So they can know how to pray or whether they should keep on praying. I don't really like praying for somebody a year later to find out that problem was solved. And God's up there going, you should probably communicate better. Anyhow, the idea is you join one another by carrying each other's burdens, and you do that by getting genuine in their life and genuine in prayer in the process. We'll take a break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon experience? I cannot wait, though. I have to do this particular sound. We might interrupt uh, while I'm doing the teaching, but I got to do the sound because it is time for Bible Baloney Beatdown. Hello. Hello. It's now time for David Spoon's Bible Baloney Beatdown. Bible Baloney Beatdown. I'll knock your brains out of your head, Annie. <laughs> I can't believe I'm allowed to do that. I love that. Anyhow, uh, Bible Baloney Detail has to do with the kingdom of God. So there are people that go, well, you know, in Scripture there's so many contradictions. Like what about when Jesus said, if you're for me, uh, then you're not you're not against me. If you're against me, you're not for me. And they kind of mix it all up and so on and so forth. Let me just help out and just kind of set the record straight, keeping it simple. There are two. Now watch what I'm going sh- to show you. There are two. Okay, watch. Somewhere between one and three. There are two. Here you go, one more time. There are two kingdoms. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow your mind when I say this. There is the kingdom of God, right? Everybody would agree. Okay, got it. Seek first the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. And then there is any other attempted kingdom. There is the kingdom of God, and then there's any other attempted kingdom. The kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of men. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what it is. There's the kingdom of God and all the other ones. 
Okay, or and they're all just wrapped up in the one thing. There's the kingdom of God and the kingdoms that are not the kingdom of God. <laughs> That's all we got. That's all it is. Luke chapter 9, verse 49 through 50, John responded, Master, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he does not follow us. Verse 50, don't stop him, Jesus told him, because whoever is not against you is for you. Keeping this in context, the person is not opposed. This is very important. The person is not opposed, but for the kingdom of God. He's not neutral. He's a kingdom advancer. He's somebody that is advancing the kingdom, casting out demons in the name of Jesus Christ. And John is like, well, he's not one of us. Okay, that's a whole separate sermon, a whole separate issue, which I'm sure your pastor has taught on many times, and that is the last thing that you need are a whole bunch of more people just like you or just like me. We need people to be like Jesus, and they don't need to follow us exactly. They need to follow Jesus, and I don't want to have – I don't want to reproduce a thousand me's. I want people reproducing being Jesus because I'm not going to do anything, but people who are more like Jesus, they make a difference. And in context, this person was advancing the kingdom by driving out demons in the name of Jesus Christ. He's a kingdom advancer. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Here goes our last trivia question. Da-da. We got to come up with a da-da, okay? In which chapter of Proverbs is there a description of a noble wife? Does that, right? Straightforward. If you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483, as well as you can send an email, david, at hemustincrease.org. The question is, in which chapter of Proverbs, so there's, you know, X amount 30-some-odd, whatever, uh, there is a description of a noble wife. Which one is that? Okay. Do I need to give any hints? Okay. Okay. Okay, well, I'm not going to give any (laughs) hints. I could, but I'm not going to. I should, but I'm not going to. All right, tomorrow we got the Book of Acts. And I uh, want you to be aware of that. Plus, we I think we're almost in the wind down for First Thessalonians, really close. And then we got to replace that, and I'm still trying to figure out which book to replace it with. So that's going on. Uh, I've got about nine things, nine books to choose from. So you can be in prayer for me. One thing I actually do need prayer is I need a little bit of clarity of thought uh, in regards to my uh, next project that I'm doing at school. I know what I'm doing. But there's so much material that I've written, it's really hard to figure out. You know, i got to really, like, kind of dial it down. And uh, right now it's too much of a shotgun-y kind of thing, and I need more of a, like, a snipery kind of thing. So I uh, just pray the Lord gives me a working mind. 
This is awesome. Pray that God gives me a working mind. You're listening to the show. Don't blame me. All right. Uh, so that's the question. The trivia question is very simple. In which chapter of Proverbs is there a description of a noble wife? If you think you know the answer, let us know. Give uh, big props out. Deb was actually the first one to, to strike in on that one. That was pretty good. And Deb, doing good. Doing good. Her and Steve, hanging in. Hanging in. Uh, let's go back to this. So we're talking about... The idea of, of representing Jesus to the world, that's Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where it talks about receiving power and being witnesses of Jesus Christ. The next thing we talked about is our love for one another, being one of those witnesses in John 13, 34 through 35, a new command Jesus gave us to love one another. It's by that love everybody knows that we are his disciples. Then we talked about the practical approach, understanding that the, the carrying one another's burdens is evidence of that love. And one of the ways to do that is to pray for one another. I wanted to give you another passage that will also help uh, understand that prayer part of it. So I'm going to read the prayer one again and then the other passage to go with it. So he says this, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. So we understand praying to God is a way to join the struggle. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, it says, On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us, verse 11, as you help us by your prayers. Okay. See, there's another, there's another biblical evidence that praying for one another is a way to help one another. So now I want to kind of get into the inescapables, right? James chapter 1, verse 22, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. I didn't write that. That's James, chapter 1, verse 22. You'll get that in any translation. Bottom line is, that sounds great, Dave. No, it doesn't sound great. It sounds like something we have to do. We have to be doers. We have to have evidence of that faith in operation. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 25 through 27 say, So that there should be no division in the body, and that its parts should have Equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And so it's like you look at that, and you have to know that the Church of Corinth had multiple congregations, just in case you were kind of wondering. And it's important to grasp the importance that God places on it. The, the way the Lord has structured it is quite forward. You need to take care of one another, love one another, care about one another, cover one another, protect one another. And how do you think the early church survived outside of the uh, empowerment, literally, of the Holy Spirit and the declaration of the truth? How do you think they survived in that early persecution? They survived with one another. They lived because of one another. They prevailed because of depending on each other. 1 Thessalonians 3, 7 through 8 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distresses and persecutions, just what we were talking about, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. Paul's like, we're getting beat up left and right. But you know one of the things that helps keep us going? You guys being strong in the Lord. That's cool. And that's how he's kind of approaching it. 
And then there's this little thing, and I don't really talk about this a lot, but I probably should. I, I, I really am deficient in this. There's one weird thing that happens when you start praying for other people. And tell me if you've ever experienced this, or at least consider it in your own heart and mind. When I pray for myself, I, I notice this one tendency. It's easier for me to think of my own sins <laughs> when I'm praying for myself. In other words, I come before the Lord and I'll go like, all right, Lord, uh, you know, pray that you would you know, guide this and help this and help it to be a good show and da-da-da. But then I'm highly aware of my own, like, yuck issues, right? That, that's just—I'm just being honest. But whenever I pray for other people— I'm not highly aware of their yuck issues, and I could care less about my yuck issues because I'm not talking about that. I'm not praying about me, and I'm not—I'm just saying I pray about other, and it's like my faith, it, it's better. <laughs> it's like better faith, or it's pure faith, or maybe it's more—it's higher or larger, whatever the word I'm trying to come up with. It's like when I pray for other people, it's easier to believe that God will do for them than he would do for me because I know me. But I think there's a part of me that believes that's the design. That when we're praying for other people, there is greater faith. And that greater faith encompasses our life. And it's not that you don't pray for yourself. Don't, don't, take anything I'm saying to an extreme. It's just that when you're praying for other people, your faith rises. So maybe we should start off praying for other people first and then pray for ourselves. I'm just saying that just seems like a good idea. But praying for other people is there's an increase, right? And it's like when you're doing that, you're you're believing that God will do great things for other people. Let me just ask you this question. I mean, don't be theological. Just be just be a child of the Most High God for a second. When you pray for other people, do you think God will do it for them because of who he is? Most of you are going to go, yes. Okay, but do you have that same attitude when you pray for yourself? Maybe a little less. That's all I'm saying. I think that's a design. I could be wrong. But I'm, I'm, I'm pointing out the practicalities. Whenever I pray for you guys, I just, just for some reason, I just believe God will do it. He'll do it. That's it. He's right up his alley. He loves them. He loves every one of them. Lord, help them. Help this person, this person, this person. Let them have health. Let them have grace. Let them have mercy. Let them have resolution in their conflict. Let them have, you know, uh, spiritual renewal. All that. It just seems like it should be that way. Okay, got it. And then I come back and I pray for myself, and then, then I feel like I'm trying to squeeze it out. <laughs> come on, Lord. You can give me a little more, right? Put two nickels and rub them together. You know, that kind of thing. And I'm, what I'm trying to say is it just seems as though that— comes off that way pray for one another or pray for other people and see where your spiritual faith level is notice it take notice of it god notices it notice it i think it's a really valid way to approach it all right so i'm going to uh give the trivia answer in just a split second but i just want to make sure you get this we are called by the lord to be representatives of jesus to the world and that is declared in multiple places, but Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it's a great place to kind of land on that. And not only are we receiving power from the Holy Spirit, but the purpose of that power is to be witnesses of Jesus Christ. Part of that witness is our love for one another, our commitment to one another, our devotion to one another. Not, not 
to a movement uh, aside from it, but to the body of Christ. We do part of that by carrying each other's burdens, caring about other people, not just ourselves, and we help carry by going to prayer for them. I like what Paul said. He, he said, you join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. It's like, pray for me. And then we used another passage too to bring that up, and then we talked about the fact that you can't just be a listener about this. You have to be a doer. This is a command of God, and every part of the body should care about the body. There's nothing in there that gives you the right to say, well, I'm the I, so I don't care about the knee. Can't do that. It's not permitted. It's against biblical truth. Okay? All right. In which chapter of Proverbs is there a description of a noble wife? The main chapter for that is going to be chapter 31. That's the main chapter on a noble wife, only because it's mostly known for that. might be a nice way to say that, and I think it says even a noble wife. Okay? All right. Remember these things. Use them. Engage in them. Be doers and not just hearers only. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.